Ovajana Tumirandasya Yananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Militam Yuna Tatsmai Shigaravinamaha Virtual platform. But that is also a trap of Maya. That one is simply uh, discussing different intellectual concepts. You see, like the poet or the artist or the scientist. The, the, we, we hear about the absent-minded professor. He's looking everywhere. Where is his keys? And then someone advises him to look in his pocket because his mind is always absorbed in some mathematical problem or some. He's, he's thinking of some poetry like this. This the, there's a kind of pleasure. But that is also not complete. It cannot completely satisfy. And it also keeps one within the cycle of birth and death. So the Vedic literatures also, they have tremendous, on the intellectual platform, tremendous, uh, tremendous contribution is there. Even the intellectual platform, which approaches the spiritual platform, just like in the Upanishads, there's Gyanamarga, trying to understand the absolute truth by the intellectual platform. And those who are scholars, even today we find scholars, they take pleasure, and there's a kind of pleasure in discussing the intellectual subject matters of the Vedas. In Bengal, they still have this Kobigan. It's quite amazing that two people, poets, they'll go on all night. So one will say something, You'll give a whole big statement, maybe going for 20 minutes, in poetry. All has to be in poetry, that's one of the rules. Setting up some premise, some he makes some statement. And then the other person has to, immediately, without any practice, he doesn't know what he's going to say, has to refute it in poetry. And he'll go back at it, and then they'll go on all night arguing. They do it in, on stage, in public. There's an intellectual contest. It's like a, a wrestling match in poetry, and then... They have different statements and they analyze it and reject it. This is the subject matter of argument. So that's also a kind of pleasure to argue on the intellectual platform. And to try to, or if you see something which is very scholarly even, that uh, you'll see even in Vedvadis, they'll bring out something very scholarly from the scriptures. They'll take some meaning out of it. So they take some kind of pleasure in that. But that, that cannot ultimately satisfy the soul. Satisfaction of the soul is hinted at in this verse, and that will be explained fully throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam, that this is a book of rasa. He, the soul, the soul is higher than the intelligence, the platform of the soul. So what is the platform of the soul? The platform of the soul is the platform of consciousness, desires, feelings, emotions, that is higher than the intellectual level or the gross sensual level. That is the actual swarup, that is the actual nature of the living being. Consciousness, and with consciousness comes desires. What are those desires? Desires for uh, friendship, love, different kinds of love, different exchanges of love on the uh, the uh, first platform, exchange of love, not exactly love, there's awe and reverence. Desire to, uh, everyone has the feeling to look up to someone else, to give respect to others. Of course, in modern Western society, we have the idea that uh, you shouldn't look, you should just 
be your own man. Don't kowtow to anybody. Bow down to anybody. They very much dislike. If they have this, they have this thing. Don't kowtow to anyone. Kowtow is Japanese, bowing. So you shouldn't bow. Sometimes they see, they uh, feel very upset when they see West, in the Western countries, they see someone is bowing down to someone else. And the guru comes, they bow down. They become very upset. Oh, why should you bow down to him? This is very bad, they say. I was just seeing the other day one lecture. One, it's about 1968. Someone was protesting at the end of the lecture. I don't see why anyone should bow down to anyone else. This is not good. You're just an ordinary man. He was complaining to Prabhupada. So Prabhupada said, well, that's your opinion. You think of... So they all have their opinion that they should bow down. So what do you say to them? As you are thinking you should not, so they are thinking they should. Prabhupada dealt with them in his own government. The idea everyone should have their own opinion. Let them think what... Everyone should think whatever he likes. So he said, yes. So they're thinking what they like. They've decided to bow down. So, how can you say it's wrong? So, that, that idea, you should just stand up yourself, you shouldn't prostrate yourself, but still that tendency is there. Vedic culture directs us to bow down before superiors, such as father, mother, as beginning in child, they see mother. Therefore, in common usage, not on the spiritual platform, but in common usage, the first guru is the mother. Respect is first given to the mother, because the mother is the first. Then mother, father, elders. What is that? Bhagavad Gita says, Guru, Pragya. What is that verse? To offer respect, it says. Dvija, Deva, Guru, Pragya. One should offer respects to Brahmanas, uh, Deva, Gods, Dvija, Deva, Guru. Guru means not only initiating Guru, but Guru-jan. There's also a respectable person. Those who are elder than another. We see in, in many Mats... In, no, yeah, that I said. So, in... Uh, find in many Mats... In India, still the culture is, they're very strict. Who is initiated before someone else? They'll sit in line. You can't break them. You can't. If someone's initiated before you, you can't sit on that side of the line when taking prasad. They're certain. He's always considered sin. Even he may be initiated 31 years and you are initiated 29 years. And still, that is kept. They're very... Maryada, Maryada, as he's called. He's uh, keeping their respect. So that is, there in Vedic culture, that is directed, that sense of respect is directed for one's spiritual uplift. But if you don't, if you don't institute that, if that is not instituted according to cultural considerations, then anyway one will respect another and worship. One will respect and worship Madonna, some prostitute, or I don't know who the latest big... Michael Jackson is always some rascal. Or some, some sports star. They'll consider him just like this. Beatles, they were very prompt. John Lennon, he used to... What do you think about this? What does John Lennon think about? And who is he? What is his qualification? He sings some song and grows his hair and has sex in public like a complete monkey. 
And he, they are, what is your opinion? They are as if a rock singer, he's, he's qualified to give opinion. But people take it like that. They take it very seriously. That he should give some opinion. Very exalted person. Because he's expert at imitating monkeys. Jumping around here and there. So that tendency is there. To look up to someone. To give respect to others. Either you give respect to the Vedic system. Bow down. You offer some sweet words. Or you go to a rock concert and scream and yell. And that's <laughs> their system of offering respect. So that tendency is there. That is defined as shantaras, that uh, respect, offering respect from a distance, without any developed relationship. And dasiras, to serve others. This is the basis. Here we have the word is here used. Rasika, who is a rasika? Those, this plural of those who are full in the knowledge of mellows. Rasik bhakta, we've heard this term. The comment rasa, so it is used. Those who are relishing the rasa. <clears throat> so there are different kinds of rasas, relationships. Dasya ras, sakya ras, vatsalya ras, shringaras. Shringaras, madhurya ras means the relationship of conjugal love. But the basis of all of them is dasya ras. Jivesuru koi krishna nitya das. Can you sit like this? The basis of all of them is dasya, servitation. Jivesarupoy, Krishna nittadas, Krishna tatashta shakti prakash. The living being is the uh, separated part and parcel of Krishna, different and non different from him simultaneously. The marginal potency, he is the eternal servant of Krishna. So this servitorship is the basis of all relationships. That is elaborately analyzed in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami that even the most exalted, even you find Nanda Maharaj, he's quoted some statement from Bhagavatam that Nanda even those who are the parents of Krishna, they also consider themselves the servants of Krishna. Even Radharani, who is the Embodiment of Mahabhav, the topmost relationship with Krishna, which is not even imaginable for most devotees. Even Krishna himself, to, to imagine that, he finds difficult. What is this love that Radharani is feeling for me? Therefore, he takes the position of Radharani to taste that in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But with that, she is also considering, I am the maidservant of Krishna. She always considers. Even that sense of servitorship, because her sense of servitorship is most developed, therefore she is at the highest stage. The more one develops one's sense of servitorship to Krishna, then the more his relationship with Krishna is developed. Why, the, why Nanda Maharaj can ask Krishna to bring his shoes on his head? You can't. He doesn't ask, he just asks, please bring the shoes. And Krishna brings on his head. Why Yashoda Mai can tie up Krishna with ropes and chase him with a stick? You can't do that. How do you find those who want to attack the temple with sticks? Then they should be attacked. They should not be allowed. That is a great offense. 
The same thing Mother Yashoda is doing, chasing Krishna with a stick. Or if anyone blasphemes God, then they go to hell if they call him bad names. But the gopis, Radharani, is calling Krishna bad names and Krishna enjoys that. How can they do that? Because their sense of servitorship is fully developed. Because the sense of servitorship, therefore dasya, the basis of all these rasas is dasya. And there is no question, sometimes devotees, they think they will be very interested in the higher rasas. What is considered higher rasas? Of course, if we say uh, higher rasa, that's also not high. In one sense may be considered higher, but in another sense, Krishna is lila, uh, he were, the Supreme Lord is expanded into many so that he for his own enjoyment so he enjoys with different devotees in different relationships so if we say that oh no more cowherd boys only gopis then Krishna's leela won't be complete no more grass then Krishna has to walk in the desert no one else should be a blade of grass the blade of grass is also serving Krishna so all the different Devotees, they're serving in different forms. Some as the blade of grass, some as the gopi. And we say, oh, we only like gopis, but we don't want any. Then there's also queens in Dwarka, Lakshmi's in Vaikuntha. They're all serving Krishna. And these devotees, they're all worshipable by us. So sometimes devotees have a very perverted idea that we shall only worship means one who is attain to an extremely high level in a different way of thinking because they are actually absorbed in a certain kind of mood, then they may, some devotees in that mood, they will be mostly absorbed in the hearing about, chanting about, remembering the conjugal pastimes of Krishna. But that is not suitable for those who have not attained to such a stage and for those who have not attained to such a stage to artificially consider themselves in such a mood is actually offensive for them. And then they become offensive. Just like if you attack Krishna with a stick, then you become offensive. Mother Yashoda may do it and Krishna is enjoying that. Mother Yashoda is worshipable. Dhamadamans, we are singing the song. What is the song? Worshipping Krishna, how he's been tied up by Mother Yashoda. So that is that is to be worshipped but not imitated. Anukaran, Anusharan. These two words, very important. Anukaran means imitation. Anusharan means following in the footsteps. So the Srimad Bhagavatam, it is a book of rasa. It is not simply a book of dry knowledge. That also, it is not book of, when we say book of rasa, it doesn't mean that it's simply a book of idle stories. No, there's so much philosophy. The highest philosophy is in Srimad Bhagavatam. The highest philosophy by which one understands the absolute truth in all different categories, in all the uh, all his uh, different manifestations, that is described here. What is described in Srimad Bhagavatam? Ten subject matters. Mahapurana. Go on, say it. Oh, but you're looking at your book, you cheater, you rascal. You're always doing this. He's always doing this. The big pundit. That's called... Uh, what is that? Big pundit by looking at the book. I can earn... Anyone can be a big pundit. But this is the Indian system. You go to the exam and copy. Or you, you bring your books with you. 
Or you, you, you get the papers the night before and then you see <laughs> by pain. This, this doesn't work. You're, you can't go back to Godhead by this system. Okay. So, without looking at the book, I know it's very difficult, but try and say without the book. What is the meaning of this? First one. What's the first word? See, bogus. You can't even say the first word without looking at the book. Ah. Atra means... What does that mean? This we've gone over several times. Atra means... In. It means here. Literally means here. Herein, yes. Atra... Saga means... Creation. Yeah. And then the next word... So what does Visarga mean? Sub-creation, not some creation, sub-creation. So what is this What is this distinction between creation and sub-creation? Creation... You don't know. Does anyone know? Neither? Creation is the process of creation by Vishnu, basically the two elements. Yeah, very, very simply, it's just like Lord Vishnu provides the ingredients and then Brahma, like a contractor, puts it all together. That's a very basic example. The ingredients are supplied, supplied by Lord Vishnu and also the intelligence how to do everything. It's like the architect gives the plan. And then Lord Brahma under, executes the plan. He actually puts it into the So, Atra Sarga Visargas Cha Sthanam. Can you try this one? Anyone else? Amsa. Place. Yeah, that we all know. It's a common Indian word. Creation is a common space and time. It's true. What does it mean? What is the word? How is the word "stanam" used here? Dennis? Mm. Mm. Any other speculation? <laughs> All right. Mother, do you know? Hmm. You could say that. How they are sustained. How they are sustained. What is this? How they are sustained. How everything is kept running on. Then, Poshana. Maintenance. Poshan. This is what Pushti. Pushti. Maintenance. Nourishment. The Lord's mercy on his devotees. Uti. Next word. Uti. Not a hill station in <laughs> means creative impetus. creative impetus. That's how Uti means desires. So what keeps everything running on in the universe? Hmm? The desires of the living beings, that's what keeps everything running on. Because this Anadi Karana because so many different desires for activities 
that uh, keeps the creation running on. That Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita. What does he say? How the living beings are sustaining the universe? No, no, no. How the living beings are sustaining. The Lord, the Supreme Lord is sustaining the universe. But in one sense it can be said that the living beings are sustaining it. Just like the prison house is sustained by the government, but in one sense it's sustained by the prisoners. Because if it wasn't, if it wasn't for their being criminals, then there wouldn't be any need for the prison house. Because of that, and because they have the desire to imitate Krishna, because we have the desire to imitate Krishna, therefore we are running on the universe. Then, what's the next word? Uttaya. Then, manlanta. Next, manlanta means? Change the manu. Description of the manus. Yeah, then, Isha, and you're also looking at the book. Another yeah. book pundit. Isha Anukatha. What does this mean? Uh, the science of God is realized with previous acharyas. As realized as described. Yeah. Realized and described. One should hear and then speak. Who else is in the kitchen? Yeah, he is, you know he has to speak, so you have to hear. You hear then you can speak. Isha Anukatha. Then Erod means stopping. What does this mean in relation to the Bhagavatam? Destruction, yes. Destruction. Different kinds of there are different kinds of destruction. Destruction at the end of the Neya Brahma, at the end of the uh, Yuga cycle, at the end of each Manu, sometimes there's the end of life, day of Rana, different destruction. Then there's also giving up each body. That's also one kind of destruction. Nirodha, Mukti. Mukti means? Liberation. Liberation. And? Ashraya. Ashraya means? Shelter. Shelter refers to? Krishna. Krishna. So what's, this, what's the most important subject matter of all of these? Ashraya. Ashraya. All of these... So all of the subjects described, they're all ultimately meant for describing the tenth subject, which is, which is Krishna. So the whole Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for describing Krishna, not simply in an intellectual way. Then we will pass some examination, and you can get initiation, and you can say, I'm initiated in Hold your head in the air. But the subject matter is described so that we can develop our original love for Krishna. Love for Krishna. This is described different verses. Love is a great subject. That is described also in so many different books. Love stories. Nala Damayanti, famous love story. Prabhupada said that in, in relation to he said, in Vedic literatures there are many such nonsensical stories, romantic stories. So, very nice. Now then you find every A.H. Wheeler on the station, so many love stories. And as Prabhupada notes here, often a little bit of violence thrown in, Hindi masala movie, a little, <laughs> little love, 
little love, little sex, little violence. So this is the perverted reflection. Perverted reflection. You see it so many times. For one who has a little knowledge, it's surprising that people can be so foolish. You see, when they get married, they look so happy and smiling as if everything is going to be wonderful just by getting married. This great power of Maya. Everyone thinks, oh, it's wonderful. Now, now I'm getting married. And you see everyone around them, they're not, they're not all smiling and blissful. Everyone's full of anxieties. Somehow or other they think, they have a dream, that by marrying this person, I will experience some extraordinary standard of happiness. This is called illusion. Happiness in the mode of passion. In the beginning it seems so wonderful. Then after a short time, reality. Reality. Bring money. For that pleasure you have to bring money. For that money you have to work hard. And then when you come back, you're thinking, wife will be so nice and maybe not so nice. So, this way one is suffering. In the name of love. But that real love, which will not be uh, a source of disappointment, that is love in Krishna. As Prabhupada writes in Krishna book, that the central point of Krishna consciousness is that our love should be reposed in Krishna. Krishna, that's the right answer. The central point of Krishna consciousness is that our love should be reposed in Krishna. So, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We are all his fragmental parts. He is great and we are small. The relation between the great and the small is that the small should serve the great. So here, some discussion of rasa has been there. That rasa is developed on the understanding how great is God. This Prabhupada used to say, so many religious systems are there. They say God is great, but how God is great? They have no information. Therefore, that is described in Srimad Bhagavatam in detail. How God is great? Sarga, Visarga, Sthanam, Poshanam, all these, all these subjects, they simply show how great is God. And 10th Canto specifically deals with who is that person who is so wonderful? Imagine if someone describes to you some person, oh, he's so powerful, he has so many estates and so many factories and, and he's sending people here, he's maintaining this, he has so many ideas, so many projects. And then you hear, oh, how great he is. But then you have the chance to meet him and see, oh, actually a person, what kind of person is he? Actually, he may have so many attributes that he's controlling so many things. But what kind of person is he? You see, even if someone has so much power, but if he's a bore in his behavior, and his behavior is not very nice, then people, they don't like him. But if someone is nice, nice, this is a very mundane example, eventually people like to relate to him. Generally the two things don't go together. If someone is very great in this world, generally puffed up, whether he is great in having money, or having position, or having power, or having knowledge, generally someone is proud. They don't. Even sometimes you hear in our movement, sometimes you see someone joins new devotee, someone trains him up, gives him education, helps him. It means one devotee maybe two years in the movement, another just joins. So when 
Then the other devotee, he becomes, he goes ahead, becomes big book distributor, something like this. He comes uh, more than the devotee who initially taught him how to put on a dhoti and wear tila. Then he won't even look at it. Oh, you don't know how to distribute this. I'm much greater than that. So this is not very much appreciated. Krishna consciousness means that one will become great by the process of Krishna consciousness. Actually, one becomes great. And then, you see, someone just joins this movement. And they say, well, he's just an ordinary person, not you and me. He has two hands, two legs, he eats, he passes his stool. Just an ordinary person. But he's not an ordinary person because he's a devotee of Krishna. And even a neophyte devotee of Krishna is a much more important person than any prime minister or big, big scholar in the university. Much more important because he's trying to serve Krishna. That is glorious. So even a neophyte devotee is a very great person. And then as one goes on, becomes developed in Krishna consciousness, then he becomes a very great person. Lord Krishna says, there is no person greater than my devotee. Krishna, he sees the devotee is good. Krishna says that Madhbhakta Puja Vadika, my devotee should be worshipped more than me. Aham Bhakta Parad, you know. He says, I am dependent upon my devotees. So this time of devotion, how great is a devotee. But if someone in the process of Krishna consciousness going on, going on, Those who are more senior, they should guide. Education is there. We have classes in our temples. Systematic means classes are there, verse by verse, day by day. If, you, if there's other systematic system, that is very nice. But if one is attentive just by hearing the classes, hearing the class means you should hear and inquire. And those who are just like someone may be one year in the movement, he already knows more things than someone who's one day in the movement. So he should teach. Also. If you can get systematic training, that's very nice, that's good, that's wanted. But if one, see, training, that's also training in service, surrender. That's the main training. So that should, one should hear to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. What is the purpose? But that also has to be practical, process of surrender. As one may be, he may learn so many things, book knowledge, but is he ready to clean the toilet every day? Is he ready to do whatever is required in Krishna's service? So practical training and surrender is there also. Side by side. But it should be side by side, not only one-sided. Of course, the example is there is Vishwamitra, who was a king, 
and he, he became a brahmana after much endeavor. And he was only finally accepted as a brahmana when he demonstrated the quality of tolerance and forgiveness. Then only he was accepted. Not that he just stopped ruling and started reading books. And he actually developed the quality and he was accepted. So yes, nature can be changed. We are all lower than Shudra, but by training we are supposed to become brahmanas. Certainly it can change. Yes, that verse comes up twice in the Gita, that uh, Swadharma, one should follow one's Swadharma. So that is the general recommendation. Swadharma, there are two meanings. Swadharma means, the internal meaning is that we are all eternal servant of Krishna, that is the nature of the soul. And the position we attain in this material world due to our previous activities, we get a certain type of body and mentality that goes with it. So generally one should act within his, whatever nature he has, to bring out his internal swadharma, service of Krishna. Not that he should be so much busy that if he has one kind of material nature to to act in a different way. That's not very uh, that's not very wise. If one has a very active nature for him to take a position in which he's simply sitting, then it's not very conducive for him. Why should he try to change that? And use your active nature in the service of Krishna, then your real Swadharma, which is service to, to Krishna, that will be revived. Or if one has a very uh, studious nature, if he tries artificially to be a to be a very active person, which isn't very much, is it? Better that he's engaged according to his uh, propensity, and then he dovetails that into the service of Krishna. So there is no need for Arjuna to suddenly become a sannyasi or a brahmana. You could fight, Krishna is saying, you remain in your position and serve me in that way. So of course, Vishwamitra, he changed his position after much endeavor and the spiritual benefit in advancement of love of Krishna he got from it was zero. So it's, what's the use? What's the point? Anyway, we're changing in the course of time. Sometimes one has brahminical nature, sometimes he has uh, ruling nature, sometimes he has Shudra nature, sometimes cat nature, dog nature, demigod nature. That's changing anyway. That's not our eternal nature. All right, we'll finish there. Hare Krishna, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Srila Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Hare Krishna. Later, that Amitabha Guru was ex- explaining that that was divided for the purpose of clarification into four sections. And later the Smriti was also divided for, and that was written, Smriti is nothing but Shruti, but it's compiled in such a way to, to clarify, to clarify, to classify it for, for our ease of understanding.
means it's in a more organized form. The, those who in, previously people were so much intelligent that even not presented in a very systematic manner, they could understand the purpose. Later it was divided into four to, for ease of presentation, for ease of understanding. And then later, the fifth Veda, Mahabharata was written, Puranas were written, Smriti Shastra was written. It's all the same subject matter. Impersonists, there are two kinds. One is called Brahmavadi, one is called Mayavadi. Brahmavadi means he doesn't have information of personalism, but he's not intrinsically envious of Krishna. Even he may have heard of personalism, but he hasn't, hasn't been presented to him in such a manner that he's been convinced to take it up, but he's not inimical towards it. Mayavadi means one who is impersonalist on the basis of enviousness of Krishna. That he, he systematically denies the personality of God. The two kinds of impersonalist. <coughs> What a waste of time. So much endeavor just to go and have sex with someone. Maybe. Is it ninth canto of Bhagavatam? Yeah. So, these stories are given. That's why we have to not just read the text, we have to read the purport also. And just uh, Otherwise we may take it just some love story in the Bhagavatam. It's just showing what a nonsense waste of time. What a waste.